Oh, well, good morning, everyone. What happened in this section? Everybody's like, nope, not in this whole area. That's wild. I've never seen that. Uh, my name's Allie, and I'm on staff at Renovation. Hello to everybody online as well. We just want to welcome you, and I get the privilege of bringing God's word this morning. So we're going to start with prayer, because I need an extra prayer right now, too. <laughs> so, oh, Lord, we praise you. That this space can be a safe place from the craziness of the outside world. Lord, I just pray a deep breath over this time that we can settle in and lean back into your nature of who you are, that we can praise you for your goodness in our lives, Lord Jesus, and I just offer up this space that is short, but you know I can talk fast, so <laughs> God, I just pray that you use it um, just for your glory, God, and that we just, everything that we've brought today just be a sacrifice of praise to the heavens, Lord, and uh, may you bless it, anoint it, and continue to pour out your spirit, Jesus. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen? Amen. Well, when I was 25, I decided to go to Thailand with one of my roommates from college. And I went to Thailand at 25 because I thought that that's where I wanted to go for my honeymoon. Can we hang on just a second on that? And, uh, and I just wanted, so we were going there and I was like, I'm gonna, I wanna get married and Thailand's the place that I wanna go one day on my honeymoon. But then I turned 25 and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get married. So I was like, okay, well, I should stop waiting to go on my honeymoon and just go on the trip I want to go because I want to live life abundantly and I don't want to waste any time I have. So my friend and I, we went to Thailand for two weeks. And at the very end of the trip, what I used to do is go for about two weeks in July and the last three to four days, I wouldn't book a room. Does that give anybody anxiety? Yes. Okay, not me. I feel like that's the greatest adventure I'd ever been on. So what I do is I ask the locals, and we went to this island called Koh Samui, and I asked the locals, where should we stay? Where should we go? What should we do? And they told us to go to that island. So we went to the island. We went out for dinner one night. We still didn't have a place to stay, mind you, because that's what 25-year-olds do, not 35-year-olds. And uh, so we go up, and we start talking to the person that owned the restaurant, and I had learned some Thai. It's very critical when you go to other countries just to learn just a little bit of their um, language because all of a sudden they're like, oh, you want to try? You want to understand us? And they just open up in generosity afterwards. That You can like actually physically see people change when you just try. So we were trying. We're like, no, where do we stay? And he said, well, my cousin has a place right down the way. And uh, if you want to go stay there, you could just book it. He pulled it up on the website. We booked it right then and there. The smallest room that we could get, tucked away. It was right on the beach, but we couldn't see the beach. Okay, that's, we're 25, right? So we're like, we're not there yet. We haven't reached that point in life, but at least we made it to Thailand. So we get there, and we start talking to the guy at the front. We said, we met your cousin at dinner. And then we start speaking Thai that he had taught us at dinner to him. And he brought us to our room, and we were looking around, and we just put our stuff in. It was a really tiny room. And we were like, okay, like, what have we done? And um, he looks at us, and he goes, you know what? I have something else for you. And so we grabbed our bags, and we walked out, and miracle Number one is that I packed for two weeks in a carry-on. Okay, that's never happened since then, only one time. And so we grab our bags, he takes us out, and we go up a flight of stairs, and another flight of stairs, and another flight of stairs. 
We get to these double doors and he takes out a key and opens it up and just like in a movie, just like, oh, he opens up double doors and you directly see this whole wraparound balcony. And then he opens another door right here on this one and inside is these, these windows that push back to the side and you can't see the beautiful, huge bathroom we got. And we're in the penthouse overlooking the water. You see the Thai mountains in the background and we're like, what in the world just happened to us? Oh my goodness, this is above and beyond one, what we paid for. Because we asked him, we're like, are we going to pay for this? And he goes, no, I just want to give it to you. Above and beyond what we could have asked or thought that we could ever afford or even be in and just going on the adventure and showing up, this man had no reason to do this for us, but he gave us a space that it, I took that on a Blackberry. That's how old that was. You know what I mean? That's why it's kind of grainy. It's like, you know what I mean? And I just thought, wow, that was above and beyond. And I was so blessed by it. And now I have a fun story, and now I continue to go on random adventures just in case I end up in a penthouse, which has not happened since then. So I'm not, there's no formula. <laughs> but I just think that we all experience moments like this. It might not look like a random penthouse in Thailand, okay? But what is a moment? When is a time where you've experienced something that is not what you were expecting? It was more than that. That could be you were praying for a job and you got given the job that was, I mean, even what you don't even have qualifications for specifically, but you were given that job. Or maybe um, a check came in the mail that you weren't expecting or someone offered that generosity towards you. But when are the times that you know that God has done above and beyond for you? I feel like that's the word that I've been hearing really since January. I just keep thinking, God, you are so beyond, beyond. And when I thought about today, and we don't have that much time, so I need to start talking faster, and you need to listen faster, I just think that we can just sit for a moment and remember how generous our God is. Like, this is a momentary thing that made my day. I still enjoy telling this story from a man who offered what he had to give us, who didn't have to. But God, the God of abundance, the God who has everything at his fingertips, wants to bless his children, wants to be there for his children, wants to give things to us. But sometimes our mindset can shift because of the world that we're living in and I want to focus in on Ephesians 3, and we have heard this time and time again, but we were going through this in our How to Pray study. We get to do women's ministry here, and we were in our Bible study last um, session, and we were focusing on one of the days in Ephesians 3. So you can go ahead and tap or turn there, and we're going to read from that. And this is a very familiar passage, one that we talk about around here quite a bit, but I remember reading that day for our Bible study and coming back to this and saying, Lord, I've read this so many times. Can I just, I want to take something new from this right now. And it reads like this. Ephesians 3, 16 through 21 says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, 
and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that the love that I and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever. Amen? Amen. And we love that verse. It's on t-shirts and bumper stickers and it's like immeasurably more. And sometimes it can feel a little Christianese. Like the best is yet to come. Like there's so... But the fact is, is this is truth. What if we started walking and knowing in truth? Not that we just get everything that, that, that we ask for, but that it's immeasurably more according to the power that's at work within us, which is the Holy Spirit. If we know Jesus and the Spirit's in us, so it's according to the Holy Spirit within us. That's at work within us. And God moving in us and through us, but we have to understand how high and wide and long and deep is his love. And when I sat with that, I was like, wow, that is abundant. That is generous. That is so much more. I, how many of you have been on a cruise? Wow, we got a lot of, we should do a church cruise. I'm not in charge, but you should definitely do it. And <laughs> you don't want me to be in charge of details, but I definitely will bring the adventure and the fun. <laughs> I thought of this because I, I read this a few weeks before we went on one, and I thought of how high and how wide and long and deep. We were going on the biggest ship so far, like the cruise ship in the world at the time. And I'm thinking, wow, God's love is bigger than that. That's a massive, massive ship. <laughs> I'm like, God's love for me is bigger than that. And then you're out in the middle of the ocean and then every day at noon, if you have a really deep, if you have a fear of deep water, this is like the most dreadful part that comes over the intercom. And the captain says, uh, good afternoon, everyone. You know, in his little captain voice. And uh, we had Captain Rob. <laughs> captain Rob, we are now, uh, the, the seafloor underneath us is 18,201 foot and five inches below. And I'm like, <gasps> I have a fear of deep water. I'm like, oh, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Like, I'm out in the middle of the ocean. There's so much water. But I thought the depth of God's love is deeper than that. And the height of his love for us is beyond what we can see in the sky. If we could just grasp how abundant his love is, how differently we could live. That he has this in store for us. As we go into this season of giving, may we look at God as a generous God. And may we be people who are generous people. If we are made in the image of a generous God then we too are so to be supposed to be a generous people. So as we enter into Thanksgiving, we enter into a giving season throughout that we focus more on that, and that's great, but how do we make this how we live? A people of generosity because of God who has been generous to us. The word generosity means this, marked by abundance, giving open-handed, marked by abundance. That's like, have you ever seen Pastor Kurt do the whole example thing where he's like hitting a piece of, he's like, this is what marked means over and over where it's imprinted on us. We should be marked by abundance. 
We don't have to live in scarcity. We get to be people who are marked by abundance. Everywhere we walk, what can we do to bring this to other people? So today, quickly, somebody didn't put a timer back there, so that's not on me. Okay, (laughs) two reasons why I believe it's so important to know that God is generous is this. The first one is knowing God is generous keeps us from being stingy with our blessings. Knowing he is generous keeps us from being stingy with our blessings. See, God has been generous since Genesis. I don't always do that stuff, but when I was writing it down, I was like, he's been generous since Genesis. I mean, Genesis 1 is wild if you think about it. And we just like, oh yeah, the creation story. It's like he made the earth, the sky, the stars, the animals, the air in its expanse. And he just spoke it what? We should be in awe of that often. But then he made humans in his likeness, male and female. And he blessed them and said to go multiply, rule, and subdue the earth together. And he said, you can partake in literally anything. Look at everything around you. I've given you so much. But there's one thing. Except one thing, don't go to that tree, but everything else is available to you. I am a God of abundance. What is this on the screen? Tell me what you see on the screen, not now. What do you see? Does anybody know this trick? Okay, gotcha. It is a white screen (laughs) with a little green dot. But what happens is, is what our eye goes straight to is the one thing that is not everything else. And in the garden, they didn't see, they, got, they lost sight because they just got normalized by all of the other around it, that they said, wait, what's that one thing that I don't have access to? What's God keeping from me? What's this thing that, what, do I not have enough? Does God not want me to know this? And I think a lot of times we look at our lives and we get so used to the generosity that God's poured out in our lives because we can look around and point out the things that we don't have. And we see those dots in our lives and we look at other people's lives and we're like, wait, wait, wait. And we forget about all of the other things surrounding it. And that's what Adam and Eve did, as we know, and their doubts led them to disobedience. But you can have doubts if you replace it with truth. You don't have to go down that road of disobedience. Their their doubts led them that space of abundance mindset to a scarcity mindset. And when we have a scarcity mindset, it leads to greed and stinginess. Remember, knowing God is generous keeps us from being stingy with our blessings. And stinginess literally means closed-fisted. Abundance, scarcity. Generosity, stinginess. You know that feeling when it comes up in your heart, you're like, I don't want to do that. Do you know that feeling where it actually feels like it closed-fisted your heart? Like, I don't want to. When kids are playing with toys and they don't want to share, (laughs) they're like, you get your toy back. But it's like something about not wanting to share. I did this, actually, I'm going to out myself, but I did this a couple of weeks ago. We had somebody asked to be host of Friendsgiving at our house while we were out of town. And I was like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I, like, I am OCD. I need the house exactly the way it was when I get back. And I tell Ben that, and Ben's like, Allie, why not? Like, we have the house. He's, we balance each other out. So and I sat there, and I sat there, and I'm like, no. I know the answer is yes in the spiritual realm. (laughs) 
but in the humanness, it's just no right now. I can't get past it. I'm just like, ah, no, I want my house to look the way I want it to when I get back. The thing is, is we prayed for the very house to make it a space where we can host people and it can be a place of community for people to be around a table. And he reminded me of that so nicely. That we need to be a generous people. And now, by by the way, not everybody gets to come hang out at our house while we're gone, y'all. So (laughs) boundaries are still good. (laughs) Prayerful over opportunities are still good. But then we look at Proverbs 11, 24, and 25. It says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, generously blessed. It's counterintuitive to think if I give, I'm going to get more. The world's way is if you give, you have less. But God's way is if you give, you get more to give, and you're going to have more to give, and you're going to have more to give. Have fun. I mean, I'm just saying, this is fun stuff. God's a fun God. And I think sometimes we look at him like, why are you keeping this from me instead of, God, what have you given to me? Wow. <laughs> and I know that we have this whole thing where it's like, well, God loves a cheerful giver, and I'm not really cheerful about it. So we don't do it. I stepped away for a few hours, and I said, I'm going to text her later that she can come over. (laughs) But I need to pray to make sure that my heart posture matches the words coming out of my mouth so that I am being a cheerful giver. Sometimes we have to do the work to get our heart posture in that way and understand that God's been generous to us so we can be generous to others. The second thing is this, and and by the way, I just want to touch on this. It's not just finances. This is your time, your talent, your treasure. It could be in the church. It could be in your going. It could be many different ways. Going to coffee with a friend. It doesn't have to be financial. We always go that way. But generosity is a spiritual discipline for a purpose and a reason because it's an act. We have to choose that often. But when we see how God replaces it in different ways, we understand that if we could just be open-handed instead of tight-fisted, we get to bless others and live in God's blessing. The second thing is this, is knowing God is generous keeps us from being jealous of others' blessings. And the other day I was at walking up to a grocery store and this little, this little kid, he was out there selling candy and he was going on a football trip and he had two other friends there. And he's like, hey miss, can you want to buy candy so I can go to football? And I was like, you said football. What do you need, sir? I was like, what do you want? I love football and I'm like, I will help you be on the NFL and you can remember me outside the grocery store. And he's just like, well, I need $400 to go here, and we're going to Florida. He pointed at his, I said, he pointed at a picture where he was on the team, so I saw that. I'm like, what position do you play? How much money? He needed $299 more to go. And so I looked in, and I knew I had um, one of a bill, so I gave it to him. And his friend was standing right there, and he's like, hey, I want one. And I was like, ah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, now I don't want to, you know, it's like immediate, but I was like, whoa, that was kind of like jarring to me a little bit. And he's like, well, he's on the young team and he, he's not even like, get it, he doesn't even get to play that much. And I only need 67 more dollars to go and I get to go. And I, and his other friend, the third one's like, dude, leave her alone. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, I walked away. I went inside. I came back out and I prayed. I was like, Lord, if they're still out there, I'll do it. But they were gone when I walked back out. And I thought about this on the drive home. I was like, that's my message this Sunday. I was like, he had more money than the other kid. 
He was only 67 away, but he couldn't be happy that his friend was just given more towards his goal, even though he actually had already been given more. But he's like, hey, what about me? Instead of celebrating his friend, he was complaining about what he didn't get. How often we do that. We compare each other's blessings in the way that God is generous to each other, how God is generous to our neighbor, and say, wait, wait, wait. I have been praying, and they just started praying yesterday. How'd they just get it today? I've had that. That's why I thought of that example. (laughs) And I was like, I've been praying, and like God's just pouring out blessing on people's ministries. And I was like, you know, you start comparing, and you don't see how generous God has been to me. And I start getting jealous of other people because I'm like, and he's like, Allie, look at all you have. And ask me, what do you need? He says in James, if you ask for wisdom, he's going to give it generously. God is open-handed. He has access to all resources that we could never even ask or imagine that's how beyond he is. But what if we do start asking? What if we do start walking in the Spirit? What if we do start looking at all the things that God is doing instead of the things that we don't have or the things that people have that we don't? You don't know their story. You don't know the responsibility that comes with that blessing. To be people who are open-handed, instead of being jealous, celebrate. (laughs) And we're going to close right now. But I think of this in this context of Matthew 20, And I just want to give you biblical context for what this popped into my mind of the parable of the workers. And it's this parable where um, the, the, the landowner goes out and he goes out to find people who are working. And he goes out early in the morning and he promises a worker, he's like, you get a day's wage if you come and work. He goes, great, I get a denarius, yay, day's wage. He goes out at nine, promises another worker. At noon, three, five, promises them this. And then he goes and he starts paying the one at the end of the day, who was 5, 3 p.m., noon, and he gives all of them, starting with a denarius, and they're like, wait, 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 maybe if, if I'm back here because I was here all day and I worked in the heat, they're gonna, he's going to give me more than what he told me. And I thought of this, I was like, this is kind of the story that I was working through of jealousy, and I actually went to go read this story, and at the end, the landowner says this to the workers. He goes, take what's yours and go. I'm going to jump to 14. He says, I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Are you jealous because I'm generous? Instead of being thankful that they had work, they were jealous that someone else got work and also got paid. But we don't know why or how. There's so many, we could drown ourselves in the questions of why, how God chooses to be generous in different ways. But what we don't, as believers, we have to choose to see the truth that he is generous. We have to go back to that truth consistently, look through the lens of generosity, and realize that God is open-handed, so much so that he gave his only son. How generous is that? And Jesus said, yes, I will lay down my life. 
how can we get more love than that? <laughs> how wide, how high, how deep is the love of God? We say it so often, I don't know if sometimes we sit in that. <laughs> and so much so that when Jesus ascended, he's like, the Father's giving you a gift and how much more of the Holy Spirit do you want? In Luke 11, it says, because he's a good father and he'll give it to you. How much more do we want? He is a generous God because the thief only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life and live it abundantly. Or as Pastor Kurt says, to the max. Life to the max, how fun and how awesome. How adventurous is our God, how good and loving and generous. May we be people of abundance, marked by abundance, of open-handedness, not close-fistedness this season. May we remember how he's been that way to us. So there's a few questions on the screen. The first one is gonna be this, and we're just gonna sit here and the band's gonna play and then lead us into worship. But the first one is this, how has God been generous to me recently? I think so often we can say, okay, I remember this time years ago. I, I, I'm asking whatever your understanding of recent is. <laughs> but I challenge it to make it the most recent thing you can think of this last week. How has God been generous to you recently? Maybe it's his kindness towards you, forgiveness, mercy. It doesn't have to be tangible. There's so many things that he has given to us in abundance. Or maybe it has been a job. Maybe it has been a relationship restored. Maybe he's generous to teach us those lessons so we can learn to be generous to others. Just think about that for one second. How has God been generous to me recently? And in response to this, as we look at our two points, the other questions we're going to leave up here, and I'm going to, I'm going to take a seat, and we're going to enter into worship after that. But let us be people who are okay with looking reflected at this. This is not about condemnation. It's about maybe God wants to reveal something in your own heart so that we can grow and transform, being people who transform and love others well. And so we're going to leave these on the screen. It says, what is an area that I have been tight-fisted in that I need to be open-handed in? And again, that's time, talent, treasure. That doesn't have to be, that can take it so many ways. And the Holy Spirit, I pray, reveals that to you. Is there an area I've been stingy with my blessings? And am I jealous of others' blessings? Now, you might only locate yourself in one of those things or all of those things or work through them later, but we're just going to take a time to sit in response and then enter back into worship. Would you stand with us? 
As we close out in this and we took time just to think about how God's goodness really has been there for our lives, I lean over to Ben, I was like, just in case you didn't remember, this was the song that I walked down the aisle to with him and he's like, I was just thinking that. But you know, life twists and turns and realizing like God's goodness is in it all. And it doesn't have to be that specific thing, but how has God shown up for you in your life? It's good to remember that because when we know that, then we can be people who also offer that to others of what God's done here. And after we reflect, I definitely want to end on this. I saw this verse and I love it so much. Isaiah 32 verse 8 in the New Living Translation reads this. He says, it says, but generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. They make a plan to do it. So after we've seen how God is, we've reflected what he's doing in our lives, let's make a plan to be generous people. And so these two questions is, uh, on the screen now, it's um, what is one thing I can do today or this week <laughs> to be generous? How can I be generous this holiday season? And the hope is, is that sometimes we're like, we're just gonna be people of generosity. We just like don't take tangibles just to do one thing before we do all the things, you know what I mean? So what's one thing that we can do that's generous this week for someone else? And what is one thing this holiday season we can look for ways to be generous? That could be to your neighbor. That could also be one of the ways back here on our way out. But let's be generous people who plan to be generous to others. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray and then we're going to continue on in worship. Lord, we thank you for how much you poured out on us, your abundance, the abundant life that you've made available to us, Lord. We thank you for that. Lord, release those spots in our hearts that either it's stinginess or scarcity mindset or greed or jealousy or complaining. God, we don't, we know that there's a better way and a good way and a way that's so light. <laughs> and God, may we be people of light and of love and of generosity and of hope, God, and people who like adventures and fun, that we really believe that you are above and beyond immeasurably more than all that we could ask or imagine and know that you're gonna do, be doing that in the earth to show us how we get to be a part of it, God, for generations and generations to come. We love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen and amen.